This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, time now to turn our attention to a new book. The book is The Science of Hope, and it's a, a wonderful visual journey exploring why certain animal species capture our attention. Uh, it also showcases hopeful conservation efforts around the world. It's a beautiful eye-opening book, and uh, the book's author, Dr. Webke Finkler, joins us on the line now. Webke, great to have you with us, Morena. Morena, good morning. Wonderful to be here. This is a, such an interesting book because it examines why some creatures above others tend to gain our attention and um, and I suppose the other thing it does is that it looks at why and how that can be used in, in a positive way in terms of uh, ongoing conservation efforts. Um, before we take a look at the book, Webke, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you brought to this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm a lecturer at the University of Otago in the Department of Marketing. Um, my background, I'm a marine biologist and a science communicator and filmmaker, and then um, really learned to, to value the power of marketing and how marketing can become a tool to bring it all together. So uh, quite a different tools in my toolbox um, in life. And um, yeah, so for me, uh, I really like to use the tools of marketing for conservation, for positive change and social good. How did you strike upon the, the central theme for this book? I was always drawn to that idea in terms of my own research already 20 years ago. I was fascinated by our, our human fascination with cute and, and charismatic wildlife and how can, how can we use that? You know, I mean, some of the downsides of that, of course, in terms of wildlife management and conservation efforts. But I was always interested in how can we use that as a positive, as a tool for change and tap into that awe and uh, cute appeal of, of uh, these different species and bring it into visual. I'm, I'm very much a visual creature, so I like visual storytelling. And I always felt there was a way of packaging a message um, using that pathway. It's so interesting because uh, I suppose we all have our quote-unquote favourite animals, animals that we respond to uh, when we mm. see those, I don't know, when we see those memes or posts on Facebook or whatever, uh, uh, the ones that, um, you know, um, the, the famous cliche, of course, is all the cat videos that might be over there. There's a reason for that, yeah. isn't there? And, uh, and the kind of response that it draws in us is such a fascinating one. It, it really is. So that kind of cute appeal and myself, I'm a, you know, way back, I, I used to be involved in whale research. So I was always fascinated by charismatic megafauna whales and our, our human relationship with them and, you know, the, the, the different shades of grey that are in there. But that kind of cute appeal, the, the science of, of cute and, and charisma, they are particularly under some species that, that we um, consider, you know, more, uh, more, Rebecca, kind of yeah, sorry, we just yeah. lost you a little bit there uh, for a sec, but you're back now with us. Um, yeah. uh, Webka, uh, it, it, cuteness isn't the only thing, and you've drawn on on this. Um, you know, you might find it hard to des- describe a sperm whale as as cute, but you can certainly describe it as charismatic. Absolutely. So cute appeal and also that kind of charisma um, that we are in awe and fascinated uh, by. Certainly that, that applies to whales or, you know, great white sharks, all of those kind of emotions that, uh, that, that we feel, um, the mystery, the, the awe, all, all of those kind of things on top of some of the cute appeal of, of obviously penguins and, and panda bears and great apes, their large eyes, the kind of human-like um, 
uh, appearance, some of these species. So that's how we, what we tap into, yeah. This book is called The Science of Hope. Tell us more about the hope element here. Mm-hmm. I was always, I was feeling a bit disheartened and observed a kind of uh, the doom and gloom narratives around me in the in the scientific community, in the science communication uh, community, the kind of, you know, that we always talked about problems, but not enough about solutions. And that really was my motivation for writing this book. And hope is, is such an important emotion for our own lives, but turns out there's a science of hope and in terms of that, you know, human uh, willpower and human white power, being able to, to have those strategies for change and uh, conceptualize them and follow them as a, and be part of that change. That is really behind um, me writing this book because I think it is important. You know, we have done all of this work, all of this research um, about problems, and, and we need to focus on hope as such an important tool for positive change um, and, and what are some of the strategies behind that. And that is the the idea behind the title, The Science of Hope, because it is something that we can use in our communication as educators, as communicators. And uh, in, in my view, it's an incredibly important tool that we need to focus on. Rather than just the problems, we need to look at solutions. Right. And to that end, in this book, you don't just rely on your own knowledge. It would have to be very vast, given the number of species that you cover here. You talk to people who are working in the field. Absolutely. Yes. So I always saw that as a kind of collective effort. The book, the, the, you know, the collective has the solutions. I think, and being able to draw people together from very different walks of life. So the book features scientists, but it also features educators. Um, and people working in, in different fields. And I wanted to bring us all back to the things we share in common. You know, what, what are those strategies of hope? And let's, let's spell them out. Let's, let's write them down so that we can learn from them and really bringing the collective experience of researchers working, whether it's educators at um, Otokonoi Sanctuary in Dunedin, tour operators on the Otago Peninsula, conservation, uh, people working in Africa, you know, all, all over, uh, every continent really is covered so what are some of the learnings and what what stories can we tell and, and bring that collective knowledge together? That was the reason behind that. And a fantastic, you know, amazing people working with researchers um, at Otago Uni, uh, Yolanda Van Heesek, Phil Seddon, Lloyd Davis. We've got people here together, but also colleagues from, from around the world to really focus on what, uh, what can we learn from, you know, the last 20, 30 years of research and what can we uh, teach others, yeah. I should say also that this is a beautiful photographic book as well. Tell us about the images. Yeah, so a few years ago I went down to the sub-Antarctic and the Antarctic area and I came. A, I met a photographer, Scott Davis, and uh, Scott is uh, the co-author um, of, of this book. Um, and as you can see from, from the images, he really has got the, the gift here to capture lightning in a bottle when it comes to visual communication. So that really spoke to me, and that's when the idea first started to... Uh, you know how can you how can you merge the power of the visual with with, with simple with words and and storytelling and uh, Scott is just incredible so he's based in in California and he travels the world um, as an expedition guide started his uh, career as a researcher and you know his 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 pictures just speak um, to people and and that is that's the idea and the vision that I had for this book that it's a, a visual journey a, a visual celebration 
merged with stories from around the world, but packaged in a simple and easily digestible way. Yes, indeed it is. It is. Uh, you could describe it as a coffee table book. You can pick up um, it, 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 and, and uh, read it from any point in the book and learn something. Mm. I'm talking Lovely. about The Science of Hope with Dr. Webke Finkler. Uh, so talking about learning, Webke, this would no doubt have been a learning experience for you. What were some of the things that came out of it that gave you hope? Well, for me, really, asking people from different walks of life and different research areas, educators, conservationists, some some of the business people, you know, what are the strategies um, for for change and what are your learnings and bringing all of that together. The biggest thing I learned is that we have more in common. You know, we, we share more than what separates us. And I think that is where some of the pathways forward um, should uh, lead us to bring different stakeholders together. And let's focus on the thing we have in common rather than sitting in, in, in our different camps and shouting at each other. You know, let, let's have these uh, conversations of how can we create positive change and what do we share in common. And for me, it's that awe and passion for particular species that really brings people together, whether you are a a researcher, a scientist, or whether you're an educator or, or business person or tour operator, you know, fundamentally, we, we're all humans and there's some things that we share. And I think that is where we need to focus on. And that is where the future pathways we, uh, w- will lead us. And, and really, I think it's all about finding workable solutions rather than the perfect solutions. I think we always focus, you know, we, we, we sit in our group um, and our community of people and we focus on these perfect solutions as we see them. But it's only when you bring people and different stakeholders together that we can really talk about real change. Who is this book for? The book is intended for anyone. So it's a non-expert audience, uh, people from different walks of life, people who, who love nature, who love photo, photographs, that kind of that visual storytelling. So it's a coffee table book intended for a very broad audience, uh, rekindling that passion for for the natural world and that magic that we often experience in our own childhood, with some easily digestible messages of what can people do, you know, to be part of conservation, environmental, and and social good in this world. And that is that idea, that kind of recipe book, book um, and and that enjoyment. People will enjoy watching this um, and take some simple messages on board. We're going to be giving uh, a lucky or, or FM Awesome Morning Show listener an opportunity to win a copy of this beautiful book, uh, The Science of Hope. It is um, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Vepko, you no doubt will have, you're just like everybody else, there'll be certain animals that you respond to. <laughs> have you have given that some thought for yourself? You know, Which are the ones that really trigger some kind of response in you and why do you think? Well, um, my my own research background is, is all about whale research, so killer whales and humpback whales. They've always drawn me in from, from when I was a little girl. But at the same time, you know, it is that kind of storytelling. I still remember that magic of being in your own backyard. That magic can, you know, it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be a, a blue whale or sperm whale. It can happen in your own backyard. So nature immersion for children. I still remember being fascinated by watching ladybirds in the grass, you know. So for me, that magic of what this world and what this life is, how beautiful it, it really is, how mind-boggling. For me, that is whether I see a humpback whale and, or a killer whale, a penguin or a ladybird or a monarch butterfly, which are also featured in this book. You know, they once you look at them, they have these amazing stories and they, they all carry that magic within. And, and for me, that is really um, the, the key message. Yes, it can be big and charismatic, 
but the magic lies with whatever you look at and, and the story of every species on this planet, really. The Science of Hope is out on Exile Publishing. Uh, I do recommend you get hold of it if you don't win your own copy of it here on ORFM's Awesome Morning Show today. Just finally, Webka, um, now that this particular project is behind you, what's next for you? I will take a bit of a break and breather and enjoy uh, what, I, what, what I write about. I enjoy my own backyard a bit. Um, and uh, then I will continue on that journey. So really, for me, it's merging more of that visual storytelling and how can we use that as a tool for positive change. So that is where my research lies. And that is where I want to develop much more community-based initiatives in Dunedin um, and, and, and abroad. Such a pleasure to catch up with you, Dr. Wibke Finkler, uh, talking about The Science of Hope, her book uh, with beautiful photography from Scott Davis. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show, Wibke. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Well, time now to turn our attention to a new book. The book is The Science of Hope, and it's a wonderful visual journey exploring why certain animal species capture our attention. It also showcases hopeful conservation efforts around the world. It's a beautiful eye-opening book, and the book's author, Dr. Webke Finkler, joins us on the line now. Webke, great to have you with us, Morena. Morena, good morning. Wonderful to be here. This is such an interesting book because it examines why some creatures above others tend to gain our attention. And um, and I suppose the other thing it does is that it looks at why and how that can be used in, in a positive way in terms of uh, ongoing conservation efforts. Um, before we take a look at the book, Webke, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you brought to this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm a lecturer at the University of Otago in the Department of Marketing. Um, my background, I'm a marine biologist and a science communicator and filmmaker, and then um, really learned to, to value the power of marketing and how marketing can become a tool to bring it all together. So uh, quite a different tools in my toolbox um, in life. And um, yeah, so for me, uh, I really like to use the tools of marketing for conservation, for positive change and social good. How did you strike upon the, the central theme for this book? I was always drawn to that idea in terms of my own research already 20 years ago. I was fascinated by our, our human fascination with cute and, and charismatic wildlife and how can, how can we use that? You know, I mean, some of the downsides of that, of course, in terms of wildlife management and conservation efforts. But I was always interested in how can we use that as a positive, as a tool for change and tap into that awe and uh, cute appeal of, of, uh, these different species and bring it into visual. I'm, I'm very much a visual creature, so I like visual storytelling. And I always felt there was a way of packaging a message um, using that pathway. It's so interesting because uh, I suppose we all have our quote-unquote favourite animals, animals that we respond to uh, when we see those, I don't know, when we see those memes or posts on Facebook or whatever, uh, uh, the ones that, um, you know, the, the famous cliche, of course, is all the cat videos that might be over there. There's a reason for that, yeah. isn't there? And, uh, and the kind of response that it draws in us is such a fascinating one. It, it really is. So that kind of cute appeal and myself, I'm a, you know, way back, I, I used to be involved in whale research. So I was always fascinated by charismatic megafauna whales and our, our human relationship with them and, you know, the, the, the different shades of grey that are in there. But that kind of cute appeal, the, the science of, of cute and, and charisma, they are particularly under some species that, that we... Um, 
consider, you know, more uh, more. Webcam, kind of yeah, sorry, we just yeah. lost you a little bit there uh, for a sec, but you're back now with us. Um, yeah. uh, Webcam, uh, it, it, cuteness isn't the only thing, and you've drawn on on this. Um, you know, you might find it hard to des- describe a sperm whale as as cute, but you can certainly describe it as charismatic. Absolutely. So cute appeal, and also that kind of charisma um, that we are in awe and fascinated. Uh, by certainly that that applies to whales or you know great white sharks, all of those kind of emotions that uh, that that we feel um, the mystery, the the awe, all all of those kind of things. On top of some of the cute appeal of of obviously penguins and and panda bears and great apes, the large eyes, the kind of human like um, uh, appearance, some of these species. So that's how we what we tap into. Yeah. This book is called The Science of Hope. Tell us more about the hope element here. Mm-hmm. I was always, I was feeling a bit disheartened and observed a kind of uh, the doom and gloom narratives around me in the in the scientific community, in the science communication community, the kind of, you know, that we always talked about problems, but not enough about solutions. And that really was my motivation for writing this book. And hope is, is such an important emotion for our own lives, but turns out there's a science of hope and in terms of that, you know, human uh, willpower and human white power, being able to, to have those strategies for change and uh, conceptualize them and follow them as a, and be part of that change. That is really behind um, me writing this book because I think it is important. You know, we have done all of this work, all of this research um, about problems, and, and we need to focus on hope as such an important tool for positive change um, and, and what are some of the strategies behind that? And that is the, the idea behind the title, The Science of Hope, because it is something that we can use in our communication as educators, as communicators. And uh, in, in my view, it's an incredibly important tool that we need to focus on. Rather than just the problems, we need to look at solutions. Right. And to that end, in this book, you don't just rely on your own knowledge. It would have to be very vast, given the number of species that you cover here. You talk to people who are working in the field. Absolutely. Yes. So I always saw that as a kind of collective effort. The book, the, the, you know, the collective has the solutions. I think, and being able to draw people together from very different walks of life. So the book features scientists, but it also features educators um, and people working in, in different fields. And I wanted to bring us all back to the things we share in common. You know, what what are those strategies of hope? And let's let's spell them out. Let's let's write them down so that we can learn from them and really bringing the collective experience of researchers working, whether it's educators at um, Otokonoi Sanctuary in Dunedin, tour operators on the Otago Peninsula, conservation uh, people working in Africa, all all over, uh, every continent really is covered. So what are some of the learnings and what what stories can we tell and, and bring that collective knowledge together? That was the reason behind that. And a fantastic, you know, amazing people working with researchers um, at Otago Uni, uh, Yolanda Van Heesek, Phil Seddon, Lloyd Davis. We've got people here together, but also colleagues from, from around the world to really focus on what uh, what can we learn from, you know, the last 20, 30 years of research and what can we uh, teach others Yeah. I should say also that this is a beautiful photographic book as well. Tell us about the images. Yeah, so 
a few years ago, I went down to the sub-Antarctic and the Antarctic area, and I came. Uh, I met a photographer, Scott Davis, and uh, Scott is uh, the co-author um, of, of this book. Um, and as you can see from, from the images, he really has got the, the gift here to capture lightning in a bottle when it comes to visual communication. So that really spoke to me, and that's when the idea first started to... Uh, you know how can you how can you merge the power of the visual with with, with simple with words and and storytelling and uh, Scott is just incredible so he's based in in California and he travels the world um, as an expedition guide started his uh, career as a researcher and you know his 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 pictures just speak um, to people and and that is that's the idea and the vision that I had for this book that it's a, a visual journey a, a visual celebration merged with stories from around the world but packaged in a simple and easily digestible way. Yes indeed it is it is, uh, you could describe it as a coffee table book, you can pick up um, and and, uh, read it from any point in the book and learn something Mm. I'm talking about the science of hope with Dr Webke Finkler. Uh, So talking about learning Webke, this would no doubt have been a learning experience for you, what were some of the things that came out of it that gave you hope? Well, for me, really, for asking people from different walks of life and different research areas, educators, conservationists, some, some of the business people, you know, what are the strategies um, for, for change and what are your learnings and bringing all of that together. The biggest thing I learned is that we have more in common. You know, we, we share more than what separates us. And I think that is where some of the pathways forward um, should uh, lead us to bring different stakeholders together. And let's focus on the thing we have in common rather than sitting in, in, in our different camps and shouting at each other. You know, let, let's have these uh, conversations of how can we create positive change and what do we share in common. And for me, it's that awe and passion for particular species that really brings people together, whether you are a a researcher, a scientist, or whether you're an educator or, or business person or tour operator, you know, fundamentally, we, we're all humans and there's some things that we share. And I think that is where we need to focus on. And that is where the future pathways we, uh, w- will lead us. And, and really, I think it's all about finding workable solutions rather than the perfect solutions. I think we always focus, you know, we, we, we sit in our group um, in our community of people and we focus on these perfect solutions as we see them. But it's only when you bring people and different stakeholders together that we can really talk about real change. Who is this book for? The book is intended for anyone. So it's a non-expert audience, uh, people from different walks of life, people who, who love nature, who love photo, photographs, that kind of that visual storytelling. So it's a coffee table book intended for a very broad audience, uh, rekindling that passion for for the natural world and that magic that we often experience in our own childhood, with some easily digestible messages of what can people do, you know, to be part of conservation, environmental, and and social good in this world. And that is that idea, that kind of recipe book, book um, and and that enjoyment. People will enjoy watching this um, and take some simple messages on board. We're going to be giving a lucky or FM awesome morning show listener an opportunity to win a copy of this beautiful book, uh, The Science of Hope. It is um, it's a wonderful thing. Webko, uh, you no doubt will have, you're just like everybody else, there'll be certain animals that you respond to. <laughs> have you have given that some thought for yourself? You know, Which are the ones that really trigger some kind of response in you and why do you think? Well, um, my my own research background is 
it's all about whale research, so killer whales and humpback whales. They've always drawn me in from, from when I was a little girl. But at the same time, you know, it is that kind of storytelling. I still remember that magic of being in your own backyard. That magic can, you know, it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be a, a blue whale or sperm whale. It can happen in your own backyard. So nature immersion for children. I still remember being fascinated by watching ladybirds in the grass, you know. So for me, that magic of what this world and what this life is, how beautiful it is, really is, how mind-boggling. For me, that is whether I see a humpback whale and, or a killer whale, a penguin or a ladybird or a monarch butterfly, which are also featured in this book. You know, they once you look at them, they have these amazing stories and they, they all carry that magic within. And, and for me, that is really um, the, the key message. Yes, it can be big and charismatic, but the magic lies with whatever you look at and, and the story of every species on this planet, really. The Science of Hope is out on Exile Publishing. Uh, I do recommend you get hold of it if you don't win your own copy of it here on ORFM's Awesome Morning Show today. Just finally, Webka, um, now that this particular project is behind you, what's next for you? I will take a bit of a break and breather and enjoy uh, what, I, what, what I write about. I enjoy my own backyard a bit. Um, and uh, then I will continue on that journey. So really, for me, it's merging more of that visual storytelling and how can we use that as a tool for positive change. So that is where my research lies. And that is where I want to develop much more community-based initiatives in Dunedin um, and, and, and abroad. Such a pleasure to catch up with you, Dr. Wibke Finkler, uh, talking about The Science of Hope, her book uh, with beautiful photography from Scott Davis. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show, Wibke. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.